0: How's everybody doing out there in podcast land? It's Friday evening, and you know what that means. It is time for another episode of The Fortress of Rock with me, the maestro, Kevin Crane. Episode 76, January the 27th, 2023. As always, glad to have you aboard. Let's get right into it, because we have got a lot to talk about when it comes to rock and roll. News of the World, of course, News of the World, in tribute to Freddie Mercury and Queen, of course, the classic album, News of the World. First off, why not? Let's start off with yet another weekly update on the saga that is Journey. And they are supposed to start their tour their 2023 tour tonight as we're taping this i can't wait to hear the feedback jonathan kane is now counter suing neil sean we've heard all about back and forth rumors of greg raleigh coming back who's using the Amex card whose wife He's using the journey American Express card who's going crazy on it who's responsible for it who's paying the roadies the crew so now Jonathan Kane again countersuing Neil Sean for a million dollars plus due to personal charges that Neil Sean put on the band's American Express card. You cannot, cannot make this stuff up, kids. And again, I am fascinated to hear what feedback we get tonight over the weekend as the new 2023 Journey Tour starts up. Sure, they could be professional. Sure, they could get over it, I guess. But I would just find it really hard to perform on stage with someone who was suing me, who I was suing. We'll see where this goes. <laughs> over, under, 10 tour dates before they come to blows on stage. <laughs> of course we had the passing here within the last week or two of lisa marie presley her memorial service at graceland this past week featured performances from axel rose billy corgan of smashing pumpkins and alanis morissette Haven't listened to it. Don't know if I will. I have problems with Green Day after seeing them in concert on their last world tour, but supposedly Green Day has put together a new theme song for HBO's Real Time with Bill Maher. I'm not trying to bring politics into this. I don't care how you feel about Bill Maher. I'm basically in the middle on him. Sometimes I respect and admire him for being honest. Sometimes I think he goes way too far in ways that I don't like. There's other people out there who just don't think he's funny at all. So take that for what you will, but at least maybe, possibly, in some way shape or form we have new music from green day here is where i get upset with metallica news new album of course coming out 72 seasons we've talked about that album coming out on april the 14th but Let's gouge the fans just a little bit more. Let's get some more money out of them. And I know they have their wonderful, wonderful charity all within my hands. But at the same time, do we really need to premiere the entire album in select theaters across the country the night before? you could listen to it for free on spotify i don't understand this at all this seems like a money grab to me now maybe hopefully the money from the premiere is going to their charity i would hope so because otherwise this just seems like a pretentious money grab yes i know you've got, you got the visual aspect They are going to be playing videos for all the songs for 72 seasons, but still. Something about this stinks to high heaven. We mentioned last week. I was hoping for progress. I was hoping. For somebody somewhere in our government to finally bring Ticketmaster to task for how they have raked consumers over the coals for decades. Ticketmaster and Live Nation. Senate hearings this past Tuesday. Of course, when I saw that Amy Klobuchar was in charge of this whole deal, I knew nothing was going to get done. The only thing after looking through this that I could get out of it, the one sane comment came from the CEO of SeatGeek. Now, granted, they are rivals to Ticketmaster, but he succinctly expressed how I feel. Break it up. You have got to break up Ticketmaster and Live Nation. I don't understand how In normal business practices, when you look at what a vertical monopoly is, the definition of a vertical monopoly, that is what Ticketmaster and Live Nation currently hold. And it might be different if they could actually do their jobs and do their jobs properly without gouging the consumer. But no, greed and ineptitude reign supreme with Ticketmaster and Live Nation. And so I completely agree with the CEO of SeatGeek. Break it up. We've got tour news. Lots and lots and lots of tour news. Finally, I was getting a little nervous. Just got my lawn passes for the year for Deer Creek down outside of Indianapolis. So I was getting a little scared, a little concerned, because I was seeing Janet Jackson and Hank Williams Jr. When is the rock and roll going to come through? Well, finally, this past week, lots of tour dates have been announced, lots of tours. Let's run through them. Ario Speedwagon has announced their 2023 summer tour. Of course, we talked about the fact that longtime keyboardist Neil Dowdy is no longer going to be with the band. Of, however, Kevin Cronin posting that don't be surprised if Neil does not find a way to show up for a date or two. Now it is a short tour, it's only 14 dates as of right now in August and September of 2023. If you haven't seen Ario Speedwagon, I recommend it because I don't know how much longer they've got. I'm not trying to be negative Nancy here. I've seen them a handful of times, I believe three or four at least, through various stages of their career. The glory days here a few years ago, the latter days, they are fantastic still. The energy they put out almost unparalleled. Kansas, of course, last year, I saw them in concert. They are now embarking on their official 50th anniversary tour. Starting in June of 2023, this will carry all the way through Into January of 2024. We're talking about 40 plus dates. When I saw them last year, they were sharp, they were tight, they sounded great. Again, another band. Check them out before it's too late if you haven't seen them before. Billy Idol. Going back out on the road for 16 dates from March through May of 2023. Now Stevie Nicks, we know, is playing some dates with Billy Joel. I still don't get that. I still don't see how those two mesh together. Elton John, Billy Joel, perfect. Stevie Nicks and Billy Joel, okay. But Stevie Nicks, on her own, will be touring at least 14 dates at this point in time through March, April, May, and June of 2023. And then finally, you love them, you hate them. I don't care. I think they're fantastic, even though their last album wasn't all that in a bag of chips. Nickelback finally is getting back out on the road again. They got delayed because of COVID. They got delayed because of lead singer Chad Kroger having to have surgery on his throat. It has been few and far between the chances to see Nickelback live over the last five or six years. 2023 tour, June, July, and August. 35-plus dates, Brantley Gilbert opening, my understanding for most of those shows, if not all of them, that's one that I will get to see and I will have for you here in the late summer on the Fortress of Rock. Now, I have a friend. We have very, very close friends. Not perfectly aligned, but close opinions when it comes to music. But this is one of those acts that divides us. I am a fan of the Dave Matthews Band. Always have been. Almost back to the beginning, under the table and dreaming. I know the diehard Dave Matthews Band fans out there who've seen them hundreds of times in concert are going to shame me. Help me with rocks and garbage and used bags of weed. That's fine. I've only seen him a couple times in concert. I enjoyed it. I loved it. Now my friend still holds it against me to this day that I dragged him one time to go see Dave Matthews He will claim it is the worst show he ever saw in his life. I thought it was a great show. But again, you're never going to line up your music opinions with anybody else. And that's cool and that's fine. But as always, each and every summer Dave Matthews Band goes out on tour, 2023 will be no different. And yes, they will be playing at Deer Creek outside of Indianapolis for two nights, as they always do. And the exciting news, even more so than the 2023 tour announcement, we kind of knew that was coming. I did not realize new music from Dave Matthews Band coming out on May the 19th. Brand new album, Walk Around the Moon. I'm going to have to look into maybe going solo to that weekend. Of course, usually Dave Matthews Band plays two completely different sets. On a Friday night, Saturday night down at Deer Creek outside of Indianapolis. Might have to do a solo trip to check this out. Now, unfortunately, uh, we do have some thoughts and prayers, some some passings to note here in the world of rock and roll before we wrap up the news of the world. First up, no, he was not a member of the band. This is one of those stories, one of those situations where A band was named after a real person but it wasn't a person affiliated directly with the band and that of course would be one Marshall Tucker the man who the Marshall Tucker band was named after passed away here within the last week or so and I've always thought especially lately again as you get older just like your taste in food your taste in movies and television your taste in music can shift and change a little bit too and I've talked about the fact that in my teenage years I couldn't stand Bruce Springsteen I wasn't a fan of southern rock bands like the outlaws Did nothing for me. Same with the Marshall Tucker Band. But as I grew older, looking for new, different music, even older stuff that I had never listened to before, I rediscovered a band like the Marshall Tucker Band. Saw them in concert here a couple times over the last decade. And yes, they're older. Yes, you can argue they're not as sharp or not as good as they were back in the 70s and the 80s. That's fine. But right now, I will take bands like the Outlaws and Molly Hatchet and Marshall Tucker any day of the week over some of the garbage that we're hearing right now. And by the way, get off my lawn. Another one of those bands was the Atlanta Rhythm Section. Another band from the 70s leaking into the 80s. ARS was vastly underrated. Another band that I discovered later on in life. You might know their song So Into You. Imaginary Lover. And yes, unfortunately, the one awful, terrible song they put out just to make money, I've got to believe they made a deal with the devil because it did not, did not in any way, shape, or form reflect the music that they they put out. Otherwise, that would be the song, I Love You. Founding keyboardist. Founding member of the Atlanta Rhythm Section, Dean Dougherty. Passed away here in the last few days. Again, a band where you hear a song back in the day, back when you were younger. Of course, I remembered So Into You, Imaginary Lover, when I was listening to Casey Kasem's Top 40, the American Top 40 every Sunday morning. again started to expand my horizons listen to more of their music so once again thoughts and prayers to the family and friends of Dean Daughtry I hope I'm getting his name right I've got Neil Dowdy I've got Daughtry the rock band based on the American Idol finalist I've got now Dean Daughtry so I'm 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 trying to do my best here. Dean Daw Tree. Let's say that. Keyboardist for Atlanta Rhythm Section. Thoughts and prayers. And then finally for those old old school fans out there. Fans of the Yardbirds. One of their founding members. Not normally somebody you hear or think about. Their name doesn't get mentioned when you think of the Yardbirds. But he was a founding member, Anthony Topham, also known as Top. Passed away here within the last week or so. So a lot of significant passings in the world of rock and roll again as always we try to do our best I know I might have inspired some negative thoughts last week with the passing of David Crosby and my reaction to it and that's fine I don't care one of the few times where I will go over the rails off the rails down the rabbit hole I will not apologize again, because if David Crosby reacts the way he did to the death of one Edward Van Halen, then you will never get respect back from me. But Marshall Tucker, Dean Daughtry, Anthony Topham, you have my respect, the respect of the rock and roll community, thoughts and prayers go out to your friends and your family you will be missed. And that is going to do it for segment one news of the world. Segment two coming up. We're going to wrap up our look at the massive four CD collection, the deluxe edition of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers live at the Fillmore 1997. Also, Going to review some new songs from Rival Sons and Brett Michaels of Poison. Got a quick promo coming up. Stay tuned. I will be right back. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Fortress of Rock podcast with me, the maestro, Kevin Crane, of course. That was segment one, the news of the world our tribute to Freddie Mercury and Queen, where we look back at the past week in rock and roll and all the news and all the controversies that you deserve to know about. Next up is the heart of the show, the meat and potatoes breakdown where we are going to review all the new songs, all the new albums, all the new concert tours, the shows that I've seen personally Stay tuned for that. Of course, we're now available on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, Castbox, Google, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Hang out, kids. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back to The Fortress of Rock. Segment 2 here on Friday. January the 27th, 2023, I, of course, am the maestro, and you are who you are, and as always, glad to have you listening to me. And of course, last week on Breakdown, segment two here is always where we look at new albums, new songs, and of course, review concerts. Last week, we started off with our part one of our review of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers Live at the Fillmore 1997. Of course, this is a mammoth, massive four-CD set. There are two CD versions out there, of course, vinyls out there. But I want to wrap up. And this is an informal review. Again, I mentioned this last week. Very informal. We're not going to recommend it. We're not going to rate it. It's too big. It's too massive. And I don't like reviewing live versions of cover songs, live versions of previously released tracks. But as I've been saying the last month or so, we're in a dead zone for new music, new albums. So... It just felt right to to take a look at this because, number one, there are a lot of cover songs on this, so that made it a lot more intriguing to me in that, yes, there are Tom Petty songs sprinkled throughout, but there are probably, I would say, 65 to 75% of this cover songs. So I did want to hear... Tom Petty's versions on some of these songs from back in 1997. So I expressed some of my opinions about this. Basically got about two-thirds, three-quarters of the way through live at the Fillmore. Now, the final quarter, the last disc, however you want to look at it, um, again, has a lot of really, really... Easy pickings in terms of cover songs. And again, that's a pet peeve of mine. If you're going to do a cover song, do something a little bit off the beaten path. I don't care if you're picking a band that we all know, that we all love, whether it's the Stones, Zeppelin, Skinner, Van Halen, whoever it might be. But here's the thing. Just don't pick one of their top two or three songs that that has been covered, that has been done to death by every bar band across the country for decades and decades. And unfortunately, Tom Petty falls into that trap, especially on the last quarter of Live at the Film War 1997. We get knocking on heaven's door. Do we really need another mediocre version of knocking on heaven's door? Johnny be good. Satisfaction, it's all over now. Lou Luai, Gloria. I mean, let's mix it up a bit. It's almost an insult to me, to the fans, in my opinion. It is almost an insult when you do this. And I'm not saying Tom Petty's the only one that does it. But again, I've got to believe there are other songs out there that these artists, that these bands grew up with that are more in more obscure more more creative choices than these are you pandering to your audience because you don't think they actually have listened beyond the greatest sets of these classic rock and roll bands Of course, I mentioned they play Satisfaction. Earlier, last week when I reviewed the earlier parts of Live at the Fillmore, we got Time is on my side. Again, another obvious Rolling Stones choice. I know it's not their song, but still. They are the ones linked to it. And now Tom Petty says let's take two of the easiest songs out of the the rolling stones catalog and let's do decent but not overwhelmingly fantastic cover songs of these two rolling stones hits now i will say that at least with the sequencing of this set you can feel the energy in the audience the energy with the band ramping up with these cover songs that you get towards the end of this box set starting with satisfaction gloria is fantastic tom petty of course has a spoken interlude in the middle that's fun but the band seems to be more engaged on this final disc than they were in the previous three discs. And I do have a friend, same friend from last segment, who completely and adamantly despises Dave Matthews' band. I know he is a big Tom Petty fan, and he listened to this along with me, just to compare. Now, he and I on this one completely agree that this entire set, this four CD set, especially the cover songs, which is more what we were listening to, the cover songs seem a bit lifeless. Boring. Now, I mentioned last week, I gave shout-outs to Ben Montench and, of course, Mike Campbell, keyboards, lead guitar, respectively, for the Heartbreakers, and how they seem to jump out a little bit more than tom petty did i think tom petty does not look great over this box set and i know there are people out there who will um, immediately automatically get mad at me for saying that and you know i'm not ripping on tom petty i never got to see him in concert i have heard nothing but great things about him in concert i just don't know if this set captures him at his best, even though this was a what 20-day residency at the Fillmore. I don't know if they picked the right songs. Again, it gains steam, gains momentum towards the end. Now, here's the thing. I got a question for everybody out there, and if you want to hit me up, on our Facebook page, leave a comment if you're listening to this on our Spotify and Anchor page. And of course, later on, I'll let you know where else you can find the Fortress of Rock. County Farm on the fourth disc in the back quarter of Live at the Fillmore. I did a lot of digging about County Farm. I did a lot of digging in conjunction with that on Boogie Chillin', which was a song we talked about last week when John Lee Hooker came on stage with Tom Petty. County Farm, I don't know what this is, but it sure sounds a lot like ZZ Top's LaGrange to me. An awful lot, a hell of a lot like LaGrange. Now, I've been looking. I can't find credits for this. I can't piece together what County Farm is. So if you can, let me know. But the interesting thing, going back to Boogie Chillin', is that LaGrange supposedly, ZZ Top, was accused of ripping off the riff from Boogie Chillin'. Again, which we talked about last week earlier song earlier cover with john lee hooker on this set that's the song that people seem to think zz top ripped off now i've listened to boogie chillin again after going through all this research i've heard worse i've heard more blatant ripoffs than this But again, this County Farm on the fourth disc that Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers play, probably about four or five, six songs after. Again, we know these songs come from different shows on different nights. But sequentially on this set, four or five, six songs after, Boogie Chillin', you get County Farm, which sounds completely like a blatant ripoff of LaGrange. So i'm just trying to sort these three songs out and figure out who's ripping who off just a little aside note there for you kids do some research let me know what you think what you know but overall to wrap things up here over two weeks of discussing live at the fillmore 1997 Not the greatest representation, in my opinion, of live Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Would have appreciated some more diverse covers. The ones I I mentioned last week, earlier on in the set, too much generic, old-school, rockabilly, doo-wop-era stuff. It all sounded the same so unfortunately I'm gonna tell you stay away from live at the Fillmore 1997 but again not a formal complete review of course the original Tom Petty songs that are interspersed throughout all these covers are a, a lot of great songs So, again, this is more of a judgment just on the cover songs that we get on this set. All right, two new songs to review this week. Now, of course, I have been, over the last 9, 10 months or so, praising Rival Sons, one of those bands that... It's awesome. You discover them, even though they've been out there for years. You never really got a chance to listen to them. You stumble onto them, whether it's on a Spotify recommendation, or in my case, you get to happen to see them open for another band. So when I saw them open for Greta Van Fleet last year, they blew Greta Van Fleet away, in my humble opinion so now i've been knee-deep into the rival sons ever since now bad news before we get to the song bad news is that their latest album dark fighter originally scheduled for release on march the 10th looks like it is now getting pushed back three months dark fighter now it looks like will not come out until june the second and when we desperately crave and need new music that is a body blow to me now that being said even though dark fighter got pushed back we do have the second release the second single from dark fighter of course The first song to come off of Dark Fighter was the phenomenal, fantastic, Nobody Wants to Die. Now we get Rapture. Rapture is definitely a step or two down from Nobody Wants to Die, which is okay. I would not expect anything as magnificent that would be unreasonable. If I'd gotten it, I would have been really mad about having to wait an extra three months for the album. If I'd gotten two phenomenal singles off the bat, Rapture is unfortunately, like I said, a couple steps down. Um, It's okay. Now musically rival sons are tight. They have been together for quite a while. i just don't know as as far as the structure the lyrics go i just don't know if it's there it doesn't feel like it should be the second release of an album it feels like it should be the seventh or eighth track on a really really good album so let me say that it's still a decent song it's still solid It would be a great 7th or 8th song on a classic album. But the second single, can't quite see it. It is not that good. But still, not a bad song overall. I still recommend you check out Rapture from Rival Sons. And then finally, let's do some more nostalgia. I know, Maestro, come on. We're getting ready to do, I want to go back. We're getting ready to climb into the DeLorean. And you want to do a review and breakdown of nostalgia? So already traveling back in time? Well, let's look at what we've reviewed the last couple months. We've reviewed Steel Panther, 1987 we've reviewed ugly kid joe dead friends play so nostalgia for music from the 80s seems to be in vogue right now so brett michaels of course of poison spearheading party gras a tour all around the country this summer featuring night ranger jefferson starship believe mark mcgrath of sugar ray is on the the tour and steve augury former journey vocalist also on the tour for party gras so of course brett michaels puts out a brand new song called back in the day Now, this is one of those songs you are going to have to suffer through a couple times before it'll finally become more appealing to you. Because I'll tell you, the first 30, 40 seconds sound like the most awkward, generic high school band ever. Then finally, when the guitars kick in, the bridge kicks in, And then the chorus, it gets better. And I'm not saying it's a great, great song by any stretch of the imagination. Not nearly as good as Dead Friends Play from Ugly Kid Joe. Maybe, maybe close on the quality scale to 1987 from Steel Panther. With, a, of course, no raunch, no dirty stuff. Again, give it a little bit of time. Give it a couple listens. It's catchier than you think on first listen. Again, not saying it is an all time classic. But you start to see the strong, the song structure very, very clever in the chorus as Brett Michaels shifts from song to song to song to song in terms of what they were singing in the car at the top of their lungs. I'll give them a little bit of credit for that, for that change up. And again, one last time, just get through the first half a minute it'll get better so both rapture and back in the day solid songs not classics by any stretch not gonna be in my year end top five of 2023 but i guess you take what you can get at this point in time in the year So that's going to do it for Breakdown. Ironically, of course, our tribute to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, who we just talked about. And yes, snow is on the ground here outside the Fortress of Rock studio road should be okay, though. I think Doc Brown can figure out a way to get the rock and roll DeLorean up to 1.21 gigawatts and get us going back into the past for segment three. I want to go back. Quick promo break, and I will be right back, and we will travel back in time. All right, now that we've looked at the current state of music in our breakdown segment, it is time to climb into the DeLorean and travel back in time to look back at moments in rock and roll history birthdays, deaths, anniversaries of song and album releases. It is time for I Want to Go Back, our tribute to Eddie Money. Stay tuned. And as always, we're on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket PocketCast, and Radio Public, anywhere where you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, everybody, I'm strapped in. Doc Brown sitting next to me with his spiky, crazy white hair and his lab coat. He is firing up the rock and roll DeLorean. take us back in time getting the engine up to 1.21 gigawatts it's time for I want to go back the fortress of rock of course every week looks back at classic moments in rock history birthdays album releases song releases but as we start to slip into the time stream that gives me a minute to take care of some business. You've already found us, obviously, listening to me somewhere, somehow, some way, on some platform. But I just want to let you know you always have options. You can find the Fortress of Rock each and every Friday night on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Apple, Overcast, Castbox, Stitcher. Amazon Music, and Audible. And always, especially on the weekends, check out our Facebook page. Fridays you will find not only a link to this podcast episode, the latest podcast episode, but we always have our Weekend Rock Project posted every Friday afternoon. This week we're continuing on With our live music theme that we've had going on all through January this week we're asking what act what performer what singer have you seen the most in your life who's that band who's that act that you've seen six seven ten fifteen twenty twenty five times of course we mentioned in segment one about the Dave Matthews band There have got to be people out there who have seen Dave Matthews' band 100, 110, 120 times. We want to hear from you. Also, every Sunday, don't forget on the Facebook page, is New Music Sunday. More times than not, it's a song that we review in Breakdown, might be one we reviewed a week or two earlier, but we grab the video clip off of YouTube and post that for you to give you at least one new song to check out every Sunday. And of course, feel free to drop a comment. Give us your take on the song. And then... I am brilliant, I know, you guys know, but I don't really come up with all these ideas on my own, so I am humble, I'm joking, (laughs) I am joking. I could not do this podcast without a lot of the sources, websites, Three main sources, three main websites that I use for most of my information for News of the World and this segment. I want to go back, ultimateclassicrock.com, thisdayinmusic.com, and, of course, the Van Halen News Desk. But the embellishments, the tangents, the asides, the rants, the ravings, the opinions are always... Completely and totally, 100% maestro mine and mine alone. All right, Doc Brown's got us dropping out of the time stream for our first stop on this day, January the 27th, 1973, as we start off with anniversaries. The classic hit from Stevie Wonder superstition hit number one in the US today another all-time classic song as we shift back a few years to January the 27th of 1970 now normally I'm not a big John Lennon fan I know a lot of you out there are screaming rock and roll blasphemy but sorry I respect his position as a Beatle wasn't a big fan of him as a solo act thought he was kind of a flake kind of a nut job but I will say the story behind instant karma is fascinating And, of course, most people know it from the chorus, We All Shine On. On this day, January the 27th of 1970, John Lennon not only wrote Instant Karma today, he also recorded it and mixed it at Abbey Road Studios all in one day all in one day and to make this more impressive the single was pressed in stores 10 days later that's unbelievable think of all the hoops you have to jump through to get something done today over 50 years later and somehow back in 1970 john lennon was able to write record mix a song a massive hit song and get it out on vinyl into stores just a week and a half later we must be doing something wrong (laughs) there's no way we could pull that off now with digital yes i know you don't have to worry about selling the song in a physical format so that's cheating that's cheating i'm still amazed and impressed with what john lennon pulled off on this day in 1970 with instant karma then finally wrapping up anniversaries january the 27th 1956 the all-time classic one of the first legendary songs in rock and roll released on rca records elvis presley heartbreak hotel how do you like that kids only three mentions when it comes to anniversaries, but three unbelievable all-time classic songs. But now we've got to go to birthdays, and we've got a lot of birthdays to celebrate here on January the 27th, but first, as we do each and every year on this week, I won't say this date, but this week, Here on the Fortress of Rock, going back to yesterday, as I tape here on the 27th, we go back to the 26th. I don't normally like to do this. I like to stick with the day. I don't like to wander. I don't like to meander, but the most important figure in rock and roll to me, personally, and I think to a lot of you out there, his birthday would have been yesterday January the 26th yes it is the birthday of the late great guitar God Edward Van Halen Eddie Van Halen would have been (sighs) would have been still playing I gotta believe still together with David Lee Roth and Alex and Wolfie. He will always be missed. The fact that we'll never have another Van Halen album again tears me up. I know I should be happy that the last album was back with david lee roth a different kind of truth and to me was not an embarrassment by any stretch it was a great great album even though a lot of the songs were re-remixed redone re-recorded versions of outtakes songs that didn't make the cut on their earlier albums all original all never before released on a studio recording so In that respect, they were not cheating. January the 26th will always be a day of sadness to me. Maybe a little bit of optimism, a little bit of hope, because it's the birthday and not the death of Mr. Edward Van Halen. All right, let's go to January the 27th, 1968. The leader, lead singer for Faith No More, Mike Patton, 55 years old today. Of course, recently, the last I've heard from Mike Patton and Faith No More is I, I saw him fighting a drone believe, late last summer at some festival somewhere. Of course, Faith No More had a brief glimmer of success, epic, falling to pieces, but never became that breakthrough band that I think they, maybe they didn't want to be. I don't know they've always seemed a little bit off kilter to me so maybe they didn't want commercial success i would think all bands want commercial success but if you're a faith no more fan out there and you know more about the band than i do feel free to correct me to shed some light on the path the band wants to go wanted to go have gone down January the 27th 1957 Iron Maiden guitarist Janik Gers. again I hope I am saying this right Janik Gers still with the band Still touring, 66 years old today as we tape. Happy birthday to Yannick Gers. And again, I apologize for botching these names if I am. Listen to some Finn Lizzy this past week. Digging back again into the archives of my collection not a lot of new stuff to really get into wanted to listen to some some older music we mentioned in segment one the marshall tucker band i was listening to them and the outlaws some zebra stevie ray vaughn a couple nights ago but like i said also Thin Lizzy. i have just wanted to listen to thin lizzie it turns out january the 27th 1951 the birthday of brian downey former drummer for thin lizzie another one of those bands as i talked about in segment one as you get older and you start to delve back into rock and roll history and listen to some of these bands that maybe you didn't give much of a chance to the first time around. I will say that about Thin Lizzy, just like I said it about Springsteen and the outlaws and the Marshall Tucker band back in segment one. Then Lizzy was not a band outside of the boys are back in town and jailbreak. Those are the only two Thin Lizzy songs you really got on the radio. But then you get into the history of the band a little bit more. You you start to hear about how influential they were. And then you hear songs like Whiskey in the Jar from Metallica. That's a Thin Lizzy song. January the 27th, 1951, the same day, the same birthday as Brian Downey of Thin Lizzy, is also the birthday for Seth Justman, the keyboardist for the Jay Giles Band. Now, I might have mentioned this maybe once in the past on The Fortress, Friends of mine know how I feel about the J. Giles band. I love, love, love the J. Giles band. A band that it took quite a while for them to really explode onto the scene, of course. Freeze Frame, the album, the song, along with the massive hit Centerfold, which to me is still one of the most iconic songs Ever written but before that love stinks another great anthem of pent-up sexual frustration just like you could say centerfold was but just as quickly as they rocketed to success Jay Giles band flamed out is it because of the ego of lead singer Peter Wolf? I will never understand again, with rare exceptions, why these lead singers want to abandon something so fantastic and so great. for short-term monetary gain whether it's david lee roth whether it's peter wolf you'll notice and i've mentioned this before too how bono has never ever strayed from u2 and that is why they are still a juggernaut when it comes to music reputation sales concert ticket sales worldwide every time they go out with an album with a tour same thing with Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters when you've got something so good so so good why screw it up well I don't have to split the money four ways or five ways But maybe you have one or two good albums whereas if you keep the legendary band intact you're looking at six seven eight more albums most likely and massive world tours to rake in the dough to rake in the cash sting of course is my prototypical example and I'm sure he will show you the books and he will show you how much more money he's made as a solo act than he did with the police, but his music just has never been the same. We talked about Journey in the first segment, let's ask Steve Perry. Let's listen to Steve Perry's music compared to what he did with Journey in their glory years. January the 27th of 1944 you guys know I'm not a Pink Floyd fan but the one steady always there constant member of Pink Floyd throughout the years drummer Nick Mason today is his birthday now we're going way way back Doc Brown is giving me the stink eye because we're going back over a 100 years for a couple of these birthdays. To finish off, I want to go back. Going back to January the 27th of 1919. Dave Seville. Of course, we all know Dave Seville from Alvin and the Chipmunks. The Chipmunk song still blows my mind how old that song really and truly is. Because, of course, people my age, even people younger than me, remember... Alvin and the Chipmunks from the movies, the successful animated movies here over the past 20, 25 years. Even animated television shows and specials. But Dave Seville, born way, way back on this day in 1919, Of course, you can remember if you're my age, even if you're a little bit older, Dave yelling, Alvin! Yes, Dave. And then finally, one of the greatest early guitarists in history. Master of the slide guitar, born on January the 27th. 1918 that would be one Elmore James born on this day countless countless fantastic current classic guitarists have mentioned Elmore James as one of their influences So happy birthday to everybody we've mentioned here over the last 10 minutes or so that'll do it for i want to go back just getting the garage opened up getting the delorean pulled back in as the snow falls a little bit harder here good thing we wrapped this up oh wait we're not done yet we have Wrap It Up coming up after a quick promo bait. The Maestro and the Fortress of Rock will be right back. Well, we hope you enjoyed our trip back in time, looking back at the anniversaries, the classic moments in rock and roll history. But of course, the DeLorean works both ways. So now we have to move forward. The last segment here, as always, on the Fortress of Rock with me, the maestro Kevin Crane, Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's all about the future. What's coming out here in the next month or two? What songs, what albums, what concert tours? That's why we call it Wrap It Up. Thanks to the fabulous Thunderbirds. Thanks to you for hanging out. Here comes our final segment. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fortress of Rock here. Friday night, January the 27th, 2023, with me, the maestro, Kevin Crane. Before we get to Wrap It Up, I will acknowledge... At the end of the last segment, I said promo bake. I dropped my R, and I was not about to redo an entire segment because of a little silly mistake like that. I don't know what was running through my head. I don't know if I was channeling my inner Beach Boys, thinking of a clam bake, warm nights on the beach with the moon, Hovering overhead as now I look out my window and see blowing and drifting snow. Maybe I was trying to come up with a rock and roll recipe. Dash of Metallica. Cup of Van Halen. Two ounces of Scorpions. Put in the oven at 350 for 30 minutes and you get a promo bake. I don't know. So those of you out there who are nitpickers and fault finders, I do apologize for that. And I rarely apologize. But when I make a mistake, I will. All right. Coming up here in the next few weeks on the Fortress of Rock. Still looking for some new music to review. We've got about two weeks to go, two episodes before we will be able to review the third album from the Winery Dogs. That will be coming out a week from today, but I'm going to need another week on top of that to review it. Might get into the Vi Gash album, I know. I, I've tried to review music off of this, and I put it off and put it off and put it off, and then finally got around to reviewing the first two songs, I don't know. I might delve into it and give you guys a review. I don't know. Definitely, though, in two weeks, the third album from the Winery Dogs. And, of course, mid-February brings Alter Bridge and Mammoth WVH, the first 2023 fortress of rock concert review live february the 15th from the murat in indianapolis terms of new songs we're still going to delve into the second release from 72 seasons from metallica that would be screaming suicide still got to listen to the first single off of the upcoming hold steady album the price of progress that song is sideways skull still trying to figure out if i'm going to subject myself to new peter gabriel panopticom supposedly he's putting out a whole bunch of different versions and remixes of songs as he releases them from this upcoming album i slash oh i don't know anymore if i really want to subject myself to the pretentiousness that is peter gabriel but i i think back to his great stuff from the 80s and I, I want to try to give him one last chance. So we'll see. You might get a review of one of the versions of Panopticon. And then finally, of course, we talked about the great news. In segment one, new Dave Matthews Band album out May the 19th. The album is Walk Around the Moon, the first single from that album is out now, Madman's Eyes. Very, very interesting title for a leadoff single. I've listened to it a couple times already. I like it, but I need to give it a little bit more time, a few more listens before I can give you a full honest review. Could be next week definitely within the next two weeks you will get the fortress of rocks review of the dave matthews band and madman's eyes so that's going to do it for the fortress of rock friday night january the 27th 2023 i am the maestro we're almost through january winter is two-thirds over where I I live. We got to get through February. That's usually the roughest patch, the toughest time, coldest, the snowiest. Get into March, and then you see the light at the end of the tunnel. So we're almost there. Time flies. It's amazing to me how time flies. Hard to believe that we're almost going on the three year anniversary of when we dealt with the initial onslaught of COVID, the lockdowns, toilet paper shortages, our favorite rock bands trying to record albums as all the members were in different spots, in different places. Recording on Zoom or whatever they were using. Thank God that is over. Fingers crossed. But until next week, have a great weekend. Hope if you're a football fan, you enjoy the AFC and NFC conference championships. You can check out my other podcast, Sports Frenzy 2.0 every thursday morning where we discuss sports until next friday i am the maestro of course the great line from steven stills i love to quote this every week every chance i can love the one you're with love the music that you've got while you can we'll check you out next friday night take care kids